it's Arkansas Hate Week. It's time to get it on. Jimmy and I are going to get you ready for this big contest coming up on CBS at 2.30 this Saturday. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Getting a little nervous. I mean, we're getting a little closer to game time here, and this is a big one. Uh, I know not every Alabama fan is a giant fan of uh, Brad and Gary, but frankly, when Brad and Esselin and Gary Danielson are doing the Alabama game, it's, it's a pretty big one. It is, and I'll, people are going to wonder, hey, why didn't you show Jimmy to begin with? Well, because once again, he is okay. he is – <laughs> He is phoning in this from a, a, a birthing star. <laughs> he looks he looks bald because everything is so white in his office. Yeah, um, and, and his hair is white. I can't believe we can't even see him. I can't even really explain why it looks like how it looks. I tried messing with it for a few minutes and uh, made it worse. So people are just going to have to accept the fact that I am broadcasting from the surface of the sun, where it's less hot than it was in Austin, Texas, by the way. You you look like Casper the Friendly Ghost, um, nice. pigmentally challenged uncle. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, Jimmy, let's get going here. Uh, Alabama will be taking on Arkansas this weekend. Mm -hmm. Um you know, Alabama's kind of had its way with Arkansas. I mean, I wouldn't even say kind of. It has definitely had its way with Arkansas. So 15 in a row? It's 14 in a row as of this moment. Right. Um, yeah. The largest margin of victory being 52 to nothing. I think it was actually 52 to nothing twice um, in a row, if I'm not mistaken. You know, what's funny, okay, so we've won 14 in a row, and now the all-time record is 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, it was a tied series until Nick Saban comes in and really? we haven't lost since. And now it's, you know, they're getting to the point where it's going to be practically unreachable. So it was eight and eight. Saban shows up and now it's 22 to eight. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, that's been. I, mean, I remember discussions we used to have before we ever had a podcast, <clears throat> before talking Tuscaloosa, before any of it. And we discovered that Arkansas was sort of the tell game for us. If we beat Arkansas, we we're probably having a pretty good team. If we lost to Arkansas, then we weren't good at all. And and, and it's funny that that was the tell game. Maybe it still is. Uh, we've, we've been really good these past 14 years. It, yeah, we have. But boy, you would think, I mean, now they've had their, they've had their chances. You know, if you want to talk about um, the, what was it, 2014, that's one of the hardest games to watch. I mean, God, that game was hard to watch. And if it weren't for Landon Collins just having these incredible instincts um, to circle back on what was a throwback to the quarterback, uh, they probably score a touchdown right there. And dare I say, they go on to win. That that Arkansas team could have beaten it. Now, the weather was bad, all those things. But that particular Alabama team also beat Texas A&M 59 to nothing that year, it should be noted. Right. Yeah. I wrote about that game recently and compared it to the uh, game we just played with Texas three weeks ago. Uh, 
because it reminded me of, you know, when people are like, you know, the negative reaction by Alabama fans to that game. And I was reminding them, well, look how poorly we played at Arkansas in 2014. And then look what we went on to accomplish, uh, including beating A&M 59 to nothing. Uh, you just never, you just never know. I mean, like, uh, there was a discussion this morning on the Bama Insider message board about Jalen Hurts winning, potentially winning NFL MVP, and it's way too early to even really discuss that. But the fact that that you can just, the fact you can talk about that with a straight face, it's unbelievable based on how far he's come. And at the same time, every now and then you read a take from an Alabama fan that says Jalen Milrow will never be any good. I mean, yeah. people said the same thing about Hurts. He he may prove this year to be the best football player on the planet Earth. I mean, that, that's what the NFL MVP is, right? Uh, now, wait a minute. Are you, why are you bringing up Jalen Hurts in that? Because it was Blake Sims that was a quarterback. Well, I mean, well, I, I brought Jalen Hurts as a you never know. People, oh, okay. Split, people okay. that watch us play one time and then decide how we're going to be the rest of the season, uh, I, you know, because of the Texas game. Like, well, this is what we are. If we win at all, it'll be by one point against anybody we play, and Texas is terrible. We, I mean, no, no one knows how the season's going to play out. Just like in 2014, uh, we barely, barely beat, uh, by the way, an Arkansas team that finished something like seven and five. Uh, and, and we barely beat them uh, at Arkansas. It's just hard to win on the road. And we're going to find that out again this weekend. It is very difficult to beat good teams on the road. Very. Uh, Alabama's not immune to that. Uh, I, I find this so fascinating that we've beaten them this many times in a row. I, I really do, um, because it's not like they've been bad. They've actually, yeah, they've had some bad teams. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, they're John L. Smith and uh, Brett Bielema eras, uh, certainly forgettable. But go back to 07. By the way, I'm going to tell a very fast story on this. In 07, um, I was with my then brother-in-law and sister-in-law and my brother, and we were at the game. And my brother may or may not have consumed copious amounts of demon rum prior to the game. And it didn't really work out very well. And uh, he never made it to the game. And uh, we had to leave in the first quarter, my two in-laws at the time, to go find him. And I found him uh, in a very precarious position, I'll just say that. And uh, we had to get him out of some trouble. And um, so we're driving back. And I mean, I'm infuriated because these are my two in-laws. And because of my brother, we don't get to see this game. And Alabama was kicking their butt right at first. And then Arkansas, of course, comes back and Alabama's losing. We're riding down the road. My brother had made a, a rarely significant bet um, on the Alabama Crimson Tide that day. And I was like, Boy, he's going to be so mad. He's going to be so upset tomorrow because I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. And he's already sort of passed out in the back. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. And then he's going to find out he lost his boo honkers on the Alabama Crimson Tide. We're driving down the road. Matt Cadell catches the pass for a touchdown to win it. it unbelievable. We're going crazy in the car. My brother, who hadn't said a word in about an hour and a half as we're headed back to Ellick City, he wakes up just long enough to say, take that bookie and fell back asleep. <laughs> and so uh, I always remember that game for that particular moment. Um, anybody that bet on Alabama in 2007 richly deserved to lose their money. True that. Now, but going back to 07, 
Okay. And again, this is something anybody else can find, but I'm sorry I found this so fascinating. Uh, Alabama won. These are the scores. Alabama just going all the way to uh, last year 41 38, 49 14, 35 7, 24 20. Now that was the 2010 game that was, that was we, needed, tight. we needed Dre K to uh, make a big pick late 38 14, 52 nothing, 52 nothing. 14-13, the aforementioned 2014 game. 19-14 in 15, I don't remember that game being that close, and I think that was also the same score as the Tennessee game that year, was it not? It might have been. Uh, we, we, didn't, we didn't blow out a lot of teams that year. We were uh, early because we were still – Coker was still sort of finding his yeah. game and we were heavily dependent on the run. We, we just kind of ran the ball to death, and generally teams that run the ball don't don't score, you know, 60 points, uh, more of a ball control thing. But uh, – I didn't remember it being that close, but uh, I guess that was that's going to have to count for a close call in this series recently. And you're right, Jimmy. I'm also sorry about this. I think it is 15 in a row because we had to vacate the 07 game. Oh, By the way, it just so dawned on me. Uh, that's so stupid. If I'm ever commissioner, so we're getting rid of all those vacated wins, by the way. Um, yeah. So then it was 1914, as I said, then 49-30, 41-9, 65-31, to 31, 48 to 7, 52 to 3, and 42-35. So, Jimmy, in this stretch of 15 games, there have only been two times we have scored less than 24 points. Only two times. Shoot, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, n- uh, nine, ten times. Ten times we have scored over 40. I mean, it's, I kind of like finishing in between this week. I mean, I've already got a score for this week. I guess we'll wait till the prediction show. But uh, wow, uh, that, that we, we've thoroughly dominated Arkansas, which has had a very weird decade and a half too, yeah. because they haven't been great. They've been either fairly good or terrible for most of it. This may be the best Arkansas team we've played of the fifteen years. No, that two thousand ten team was good. Twenty ten was good. Yeah. And I'll tell you, this, we were lucky to win in 2010. I know that. Hey, 07, they had a little dude named Darren McFadden, by the way. That was a pretty good team, the McFadden, yeah. Felix Jones, Peyton Hillis team. All right. Let me tell everybody about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. For the fastest and easiest way to check in, just go to BetOnline.net and go check out your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, NFL, MMA, boxing, whatever you want, golf, they got it. Head to BetOnline.net to use your mobile device or on your computer machine, and uh, it's very easy. Go to BetOnline where the game starts. All right, Jimmy, we've uh, talked about, uh, you know, the the history of this Arkansas thing, and we're going to get – we're going to deep dive into Arkansas a little bit more uh, this week. I don't want to get into it just yet. You can sort of overkill this thing. But I do want to talk about this particular six-game stretch Alabama has coming up. I mean, this is – look, at the beginning of the year, we thought maybe one one – third of this six game stretch would be hard. Like maybe it's the AM then to Texas to then to Tennessee game. Or maybe it's at Arkansas then AM. Or maybe it's uh 
at Tennessee than Mississippi State at home because of their, you know, funky offense or whatever. Or maybe it's back-to-back uh, away games, LSU and Ole Miss after the bye week. We thought some two, some one-third of that would be really tough. And like the other four, okay, we probably skate by, right? Um, but now I, I, I'm telling you, like the Arkansas game, weirdly, even though I think it's going to be a tough game, I don't want to offend any Arkansas folks out there, this may be the easiest one of the bunch. Tennessee looks damn good. Now, their defense isn't great, but we got to stop them at some point. Um, Ole Miss is still pretty good. I know they didn't score a point in the second half the other day against Tulsa. They're still really good. LSU is certainly getting better, and they got some talent. Uh, Mississippi State, again, comes catches us at the perfect time after at Arkansas, at, I mean, A&M at home, and then at Tennessee. And then A&M, look, I know they lost to Nia Smith. I know we play them at 7 o'clock on CBS. I know the crowd's going to be geeked. We should beat their brakes off. I get it. But, you know, let me tell you what's weird about that. I remember another time, another stretch in 14 and 15, we go to play on the road on CBS. We lose by three to a certain team. The next year, everybody's talking about how much revenge we're going to have. And uh, we turn it over five times, and we lose it home. I mean, that was Ole Miss. I'm not saying that this A&M team is that Ole Miss team, and a lot of things are different. But what I am saying is that uh, it's happened before. So, man, all of a sudden, what I thought was going to be a tough two-game stretch and mediocre four games somewhere else in there is now a pretty brutal six-game stretch, maybe the toughest for anybody in the country. I'm sure it is. I, I think over the next seven weeks, because there's a bye week mixed in there, I think over the next seven weeks, Alabama does play the toughest <clears> seven-week <throat> stretch in the whole country. No, there's no way anybody plays any tougher stretch because Alabama plays in the toughest conference and the toughest division of the toughest conference. And all of those games, really, uh, uh, other than Auburn, which is not a tough game at all right now, they're, they're just not. It's just not. I don't care. If it was on the road, I'd worry a little bit about voodoo or something, but but uh, it's it's at Bryant Denny, I, I think. And, and before you play Auburn, you play Austin P. So I'm not, as we sit here today, worried about those two. I'm worried about the next six, and I would rank them uh, at Tennessee as the toughest, at Arkansas as the second toughest, at Ole Miss as third, at LSU as fourth, A&M at home as fifth, and Mississippi State at home is the easiest of the six. And, and I say that knowing that Mississippi State is probably going to be ranked. Uh, they have a difficult offense to defend. It's it's a famous offense. They have an NFL quarterback running a difficult offense to defend. And this is the easiest game of, of the next six. Uh, I, I don't know that anybody, uh, you know, has a, a stretch like that. Because even if you were playing Mississippi State at home, I mean, who's the uh, fourth-ranked team right now? Is it Clemson? Uh, if they were playing Mississippi State at home, uh, I'm not saying I would pick Mississippi State to win the game, but I would be telling anybody Mississippi State's got a really good chance to beat Clemson or Michigan or even USC, who nearly lost Oregon State. I would say Mississippi State is very capable of beating the number four team in the country, and that, that's the easiest of these next six. So it is brutal. It's going to – I myself, I know a lot of Alabama fans aren't like this. I mean, if we're not winning 42 to three, they think that we were, we're playing terrible. Uh, I, I will have a survive and advance mentality, uh, uh, you know, in the next, uh, in the next six, you know, win, however, however you can possibly win by at least one half of a point, do that and move on to the next game. 
Unless you win because the opponent's All-American kicker shanks one from extra point distance and then the uh, running back drops the football a yard and a half before getting into end zone trying to make a spectacular play. Or you jump off sides on the kick that Auburn misses <laughs> and then don't jump off sides on the kick Auburn makes. And then there's that. Very true. All right, Jimmy, we're going to take a break. Then we're going to talk about who we think is playing at all SEC levels and one you know, look, we're one-third the way through the season for most teams. We're actually one-fourth the way, we hope, for Alabama. But uh, who's the MVP for offense and defense so far this season, and who's the most improved? I think a lot of these answers are going to be pretty obvious. All right, Jimmy, so all right, let's take out Bryce Young and let's take out Will Anderson because, number one, if we were to name MVPs on offense and defense, I think they would both get the nod. They also are clearly playing at all SEC levels. If you wanted to say, if you wanted to vote Hendon Hooker or Stetson Bennett um, all SEC right now, I, I couldn't argue with you. Um, I could argue with you. I just think it'd be a stalemate. Um, but I think that by the time the season is done, I still think it'll be Bryce Young when all said and done in that regard. So I think Bryce Young and Will Anderson, let's take them off the table. Who else for this Alabama team is playing at an all-SEC level? And who would you say, outside of those two players, would be your MVP for both sides? You know, it's on offense. This is an extremely difficult question because here's what's funny. I mean, I, I broke this down yesterday on the Bama Insider Board. Gibbs has a fantastic yard per carry number. So does Jace McClellan. Heck, so does Roy Dell Williams and Jamarian Miller. Even Trace Sanders is pretty good. Uh, but – they just don't have the numbers uh, running and receiving to justify a first team all SEC selection. Uh, maybe if we're counting second and third team, uh, both uh, both Gibbs and Jace would deserve that. No receiver is putting up all SEC numbers. Uh, I would say of all the skill players, the closest thing we have to a first team all SEC performer might be Cam Latu, to be honest. If you're taking Bryce out on the offensive line, in my opinion, in terms of who has played the absolute best, uh, from the beginning of the season to, to, to right now, I would tell you it's J.C. Latham. Uh, and, and But is he playing at an all-SEC level? Probably not. So on offense, Luke, I'm not sure I would say that anyone is other than Bryce. Um, and my MVP of the offense, though, other than Bryce, I, I'm going to say it's Jameer Gibbs just because I feel that Gibbs is the best player on this team with the ball in his hands. What do you think, Luke? Y'all thought you were going to give us a defense. Oh, you want me to do defense too? I thought we'd do offense and offense. I'll, I'll do defense. Well, wait a minute. Let me do offense now because you've already you ruined it. You've already ruined it. You ruined my segment. Um, <laughs> That's what happens when I broadcast from the surface of the sun. <laughs> Boy, it is tough picking somebody else outside of Bryce on offense, isn't it? I mean, as you were going through those guys, I was like, okay, I could see that, but. I think I got to go Jace. You know, look, his 81-yard touchdown against Texas was crucial. Um, he has been the one – he's been the running back that I think is, um, at least from that position, has put the most fear in defenders. Uh, I loved his get-off-me moment scoring a touchdown against Vanderbilt. Um I would also say one of the reasons I would give him the MVP is because I don't think he I, I don't think he would have not 
converted that fourth down against Texas if we had given him the ball. I like Roydell Williams. This is not an anti-Roydell Williams stance. This is what we talked about after the Texas game. I would have given the ball to Jace McClellan. Or, honestly, now I love Roydell Williams, and he played, He has played like a beast since that moment. So give him all the props in the world. I'm just saying I, I think Chase gets it. I think Chase is also a, uh, a better all-around back. He's. I think Chase is the best running back, and he's also the second-best pass catcher from the running position. So, I mean, if you want to say J.C. Latham, okay, okay. Um, but I have to also take off some points for – the offensive line's rather pedestrian performance against Texas overall. Now, maybe you don't want to pick on J.C. Latham. That's fine. Um, all right, well, let's move over to defense then. To me, this one's a little bit easier. i right. got to go Henry Toa Toa. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's played really well. I think he's played himself into a first-round draft pick. Um, again, sort of jack-of-all-trades, master of none. But he's not going he, to – he's obviously a great athlete. Because if you play for the University of Alabama, you're a great athlete. He is not the best athlete. I don't think he's Reuben Foster. I don't think he's Rolando McLean or C.J. Mosley. Um, I don't think he's any of those kind of guys. Dante Hightower. But he's uh, he's fundamentally very sound, um, and he 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 doesn't miss on a lot of plays anymore. Doesn't miss a lot of tackles anymore. Um, I think he you could have had some. Complaints about him last year. I don't think you can have those complaints this year. I think he and Will Anderson are playing at a dynamic level. And one thing I'll throw in there, and again, this is not me picking on anybody. This is nothing like that. But I I wanted to ask this, and I'm trying to do it without being an insult. insult. Do do you feel like Dallas Turner has been sort of uh, absent? Not that he's not playing hard. But I just hadn't heard his name called a ton lately. The only, the, really, the only play I can think Dallas Turner has made um, that is notable this year so far is the uh, crushing the Qu- Quinn Ewers and putting him out of the game. That ended up being a rough in the passer penalty, which was stupid. Uh, I would argue that perhaps. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a it gets us a little deep in the in the weeds, but uh, I would argue maybe that's the biggest play of the year. Because I, I, I wouldn't rule out Alabama losing that game if Quinn Ewers uh, doesn't get hurt. You know, so uh, so Dallas may have played, may have inadvertently, you know, made the play of the season so far in terms of keeping Alabama undefeated. Uh, I agree that Dallas has not been as productive as uh, as we had hoped, but the season's early. I tend to think there's sort of a, you know, it all it all evens out at the end. So I, I think we're going to see a very productive Dallas Turner at least for a stretch of games to sort of catch up. For uh, for the games in which he uh, you know hasn't uh, produced a lot, I think there's several players on defense playing extremely well. Byron Young has played very well. Avoidby very well. Jaheim Otis I think has played really well. Henry for sure, and is a strong candidate for defensive MVP. Again, not counting Will. Dallas is fine. Moody's fine. Lawson's fine. Uh, Battle has been fine. Uh, Branch has been very good. Uh, Kool-Aid has been good. Uh, Terrell Arnold's been good. But just to pick someone other than you, I think the answer probably is Henry. I think that's probably the best answer for defensive MVP, not counting Will. I, I would. I just want to plug, though, uh, DeMarco Helms. Uh, I think if it's not Henry, it's, it's Helms, who to me has been the most consistent defensive performer 
game one, game two, game three, game four. I think Helms has played really good every week. Uh, I think he's been our best tackler. And uh, Alabama's just given up very little all season long. Helms has given up nothing. Uh, he's been good in coverage. He's been good coming up in the run. And, and, and he's playing the best football of his career at Alabama. So I think you're right. I think it's Henry uh, with, with, with an honorable mention to DeMarco Helms. I think that's very fair. That's a good call on Helms. And I'll say this too, again, not, I wasn't trying to kill Dallas Turner. I guess what I'm saying yeah. is no, at, the I beginning of, at the beginning of the year, if you had said, okay, outside of Will Anderson, who do you think will be the um, defensive MVP through four games? I would have nominated Dallas Turner. That would have been my first choice. And frankly, I just hadn't seen as much of him as I thought I would. Now that doesn't mean he's having a sophomore slump. It, it, it could mean a gazillion things, but, um, and it doesn't mean he can't still have a fantastic year. Cause I think he's awesome. And I'm thrilled to death. He's on this team and he'll be back another year at least. So regardless, I had to throw that in there because I know sometimes when we talk about this, people misconstrue, they think we're killing somebody. We're not. I'm just saying, you know, if you, if you, boy, I'll tell you what, if you don't feel like, um, Dallas, if you feel like Dallas Turner has performed to your expectations, I think your expectations were low because we know how good he is. How about yeah, that? I expected, I expected more numbers. I expected yeah, more. Yeah, but, but, but that doesn't mean he's playing poorly. Uh, I think offenses are accounting for him that maybe True. wouldn't happen at the end of last year because people were so consumed with getting Will blocked. Uh, I think Dallas generated a lot of attention for himself, and he's being game plan too. True. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in, man. Y'all have been leaving some awesome comments lately. We really appreciate this. I'm trying to respond to them as quickly as I can. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's great. We appreciate y'all listening. We really do. Thank you guys so much. Go check out uh, Alumni Hall, uh, the Alabama site. I had somebody comment, hey, I'm doing that right now. I love all their stuff. Please go check them out. And uh, we would appreciate it. Until tomorrow, everybody, roll time. Roll time. <laughs>